HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2017. We've got some great guests today with us at Heritage Radio Network. We'd like to welcome to the show Kyle Hurst. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Jimmy? Good. It's a big Alice. You guys celebrated Queen's Beer Week? We did. Yeah, it was uh, a very busy 10 days for us, but uh, a lot of fun, and I think my liver is mostly recovered. (laughs) Well, we're here to like you know, do some more damage with you, but we'll also be talking. I think I think the theme tonight we're going to talk more about summer beers and, and, and beer cocktails and whether it's like you know micheladas or you know some kind of watermelon beer thing or a Rattler. You know, there's a lot of things that people drink drink for summer that I don't usually drink, but we're going to learn about that today. And we've got our first time on. We got Jeff and Brett from uh, Keg and Lantern Brewery in Greenpoint. Hey, Jimmy. Hello. I thought you guys were in Long Island City, so I was going to say, it's the Queen's Beer Week wrap-up show. But hey, close enough, right? Close Just enough. Is, is Greenpoint in Queens? Uh, it depends uh, who you talk to, I suppose. <laughs> and then, uh, but no. <laughs> I learned something on every show. And then our, 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 we're going to taste some Rattlers and talk about uh, new startup beverage and beer companies. we got the crew from Owlsbrew. How are you guys? Introduce yourself. Hey, please. good. I'm Maria. I'm the co-founder of Owlsbrew Rattler. Hey, I'm Amy. I'm the director of marketing at Ellsbury Radler. Hey, um, and I'm Megan. I do finance and operations for Ellsbury Radler. All right, a lot of familiar faces, Megan. I know you're NYU food studies grad yeah, graduate you, student. Yeah, uh, you lent us your when I had a I had a supper club, and you uh, lent us your kitchen when uh, no one else would have us. So we kind of got our start cooking cooking at Jimmy's. Fun. That's yeah. awesome. Let's 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 everyone go around. Let's let's talk about summer beer cocktails. And first, we're drinking Jeff. Uh, what beer are we drinking? Uh, we opened up. It's called uh, Walk in the Park. It's uh, something we just put up on Friday. It's, uh, for lack of a better definition, it's a hoppy Kolsch. 
Um, yeah, Motueka and Experimental Hop. So kind of maybe blurs the line between a Kolsch and a IPA a little bit. That's a that's a good summer beer. Every every year or so we do around this time of year, kind of a summer beer preview. Two years ago we had Eric Asimov from the New York Times on, and we were talking about Pilsners for, for baseball. We had the guys from Flagship and and Travis from uh, Folks Beer on. So this time you know it's partly because of uh, you know Owls Brew. Um, let's let's go into it. You guys, I knew you uh, met you before at events. You guys have a mixer. Tell us a little bit how you got started, Maria, and kind of what you've moved into. Of course. So we actually started in the tea and tea cocktail world. My business partner, Jenny, and I started making tea cocktails from loose leaf tea, gosh, about over five years ago now. Um, And we eventually ended up launching um, our Owl's Brew Mixer, which is basically a bottled version of our uh, tea-based craft cocktail mixers that are meant to pair with a lot of different spirits. And we were we were growing that brand and um, at different local events and trade shows and um, became obsessed with the idea of beer cocktails. And so we figured that we can we should play around a little bit. And we went home one day and we bought several different stouts and ambers and wheats and all different styles and started pouring our tea-based mixers with these different craft cocktails, uh, craft beers rather, and realized that they were amazing together. And it was really like nothing we'd ever had before. And you ha- you got this a um, ton of flavor, but also just really light, sessionable, and fun, fun beer. And so, you know, for a while we started drinking beers and wishing we had Owl's Brew. <laughs> and um, after complaining for a long time, as probably people around us would say, uh, we eventually decided that, you know, really what we did for a living was make things. And so if this is truly what we were so excited about, uh, we should can it. And that is uh, Owl's Brew Radler. So Owl's Brew Radler is a mix of uh, our craft beer bases. So there's a wheat, an amber, and a stout. Um, and they're all mixed with fresh brewed tea. That's so about great. 60% beer, 40% tea. Awesome. We're going to talk more about that and taste it, too. And, and Kyle, you know, we just tasted a Kolsch. We're going to taste a Rattler. Are there some summer-style b- beers that you like or a beer cocktail that you like? Uh, well, it's actually, uh, uh, you know, Maria brought up an interesting point. So w- one of the staples of Queen's Beer Week, you mentioned that earlier, is uh, we do a beer cocktail event every year. Uh, hosted by Sparrow Tavern in, in Astoria, and love those guys. Uh, they took our, our Kolsch. They, uh, they carry our mix. They, they do our mixing. They do. They yeah. awesome, awesome. Uh, so yeah, so you know they took our Kolsch. Uh, we do a, a lemongrass Kolsch, which actually we made a lemongrass tea, mixed that with the uh, with the Kolsch. But uh, they then uh, took a tea and some uh, lemonade and. Uh, Made a super delicious uh, you know, beer Sounds cocktail amazing. out of it, and uh, it was it was so good. And um, I, you know, so I guess if that's any any indication of what you guys are doing, I'm I'm really looking forward to trying some of your stuff. Yeah, there's something you know, I looked up beer cocktails today. I don't usually drink them. I've kind of shied away from them. And uh, you know, there's things <laughs> like Michelada, which everyone seems to know. You know, I read a really cool one on Food 52. If you have to go, that's my level of. What I want from a beer cock is called Brolio Shandy. There's like Amaro and a little orange and, you know, a wheat, wheat beer, but it's in a highball glass with, with ice. So that's my issue with a lot of beer cocks. I feel like, you know, some of them are like the kind of thing that kids in college make where it's like one guy said it's hop, skip and a jump. And it's like beer, vodka, lemonade and a sweet syrup, you know, and I'm like, but I, I don't really want to drink those kind of drinks. So, you know, how, how can we do better with our summer cocktails? 
Um, you know, personally, I think a lot of the best beer cocktails I've had are really about simplicity and using one or two ingredients to really make something that's flavorful and fresh. And um, part of our motto and our brand is we say drink wise, and we only use whole real ingredients. So we use watermelon juice if there's a, if there's a, there's watermelon in it. We don't use any flavors or anything like that. So you actually get the true essence of what you're you're looking for in terms of flavor. So I don't know some of my favorite cocktails have like two ingredients. I don't know, Amy. Yeah, no, I mean, before I started working at Alice Brew Radler, um, I used to love putting Campari in IPAs. I did a lot of PR work with Campari and Aperol, so the bitterness in the IPAs paired with the bitterness in the Amari was awesome and really refreshing, and I see a lot of that in Alice Brew Radler. Um, and with our beers, we do obviously like to make some cocktails, so uh, that's my jam is our amber ale. It's a Darjeeling with strawberry and hibiscus, and it's awesome with a little bit of bourbon in there. Uh, Wicked Watermelon, it's a wheat beer as well with uh, white tea, pomegranate, and watermelon. Awesome with tequila, with gin, with moonshine. So you kind of can uh, amp up the ABV and give your beer cocktail a little bit more of a kick. So I think right now, what are we trying? The Blondie. So the Blondie is a wheat beer with English breakfast tea, lemon, and lime. Really refreshing. Again, these are... 3.8% 3.8% ABV, so pretty low. But if you wanted to put some vodka or tequila in there. So they're almost, they're, they're yeah. like a, a rather type drink, but they're also, actually it would be a good mixer. It's got a little yeah. citrus in there. I can see that. So you're mixing a mixer. You, you can get <laughs> yeah. super creative. And with Jeff, you know, Jeff over here, you guys, let's talk more about just the, you know, more craft brewing. I'm not knocking you guys, but for craft. You know, Jeff, I wanted to have you on for a while. Um, you know, I knew you from Greenpoint Beer and, and Ales. Sure. So, so you're at a new brewery now. Yeah, um, <clears throat> about February first, uh, Patrick Allen uh, jumped ship, moved up state, and uh, yeah, took the family up to a farm and, and is helping open a, a brewery called Westkill. And wait, so, Jeff, he's not living on a farm upstate. Uh, not like that. He's not not us. like that. Right. Okay. He, yes, yes. We we've seen him since. He's 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 healthy and. Happy. All right, good. Is it yeah. a subsistence farmer, Kyle? Well, no, just when you tell your kids, you know, Take the, a the, dog the pet went to live in a farm upstate, yeah. you know, he's not, he's not coming back. No, so. Nothing like that. Sure, Mr. Patrick was okay. All for the better, all for the better. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I had an opportunity to uh, slide into his position and work with Brett. And uh, they're still looking for him, Kyle. Maybe. You got, you're according, a storyteller, man. According to Jeff, Patrick's alive and well, but I'm skeptical. <laughs> I've seen pictures. Uh, yeah, so so the opportunity to work with Brett uh, currently in the basement on a three-barrel system at Keg and Lantern uh, was really intriguing, but uh, uh, we're, we're working towards opening a, a bigger space in Red Hook. And, yeah, the opportunity to, to be sort of on the ground floor of a, a larger new space was certainly intriguing. And then, Brett, are you working there, too? I know you're from the homebrew scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, uh, I had been working in journalism for a long time and, and uh, working one day a week. At the same time, working one day a week with Strong Rope. And I, um, I took a buyout from journalism and went full-time at Keg and Lantern back in October. And, um, and yeah, Jeff coming along was a, kind of a dream come true because we're friends from way back in the homebrew scene. But... Um, we get to work. He gets to work with Brett, and we get to work with Brett because we brought a lot of Britannomyces into the brewery. So. <laughs> and then you guys, you know, you're, you know a lot about beer styles, and you kind of go pretty deep with your knowledge. You know, I, I've heard of Rattlers before, and there's a Shandy. You know, are they the same thing? Do you know those aren't beer styles, are they? I'm going to defer to the professionals over here. <laughs> <laughs> are Rattlers and Shandies the same thing? So, 
no, I think is the answer. They're very similar styles. I mean, they're they're both beer mixed with something else. The Rattler, um, we actually called our product a Rattler. We went back and forth kind of on what to because when we first started making them, you know, we were pouring beer and tea together and we first started we called it a beer cocktail and then people sort of as we've discussed there's a lot of different uh, explanations for a beer cocktail um and then we thought about hard tea and everyone sort of immediately thought that that was something like a twisted tea which we're so far away from so uh, we actually discovered the story of the rattler which goes back to germany in like the 1920s um and there was a very entrepreneurial innkeeper during the cycling boom who carved a bike path off the main bike path to his beer garden and um it was great for business until one day like 13,000 cyclists showed up he was like well i don't have enough beer for all these people <laughs> so he um went to his basement and he dumped all the le- lemon soda he had into his beer and called it a rattler mass which means cyclist in german He's like, you can have a bunch. You won't fall off your bikes. Um, so anyway, we, we found that story and really loved that, sort of what that meant. And it's like our brand is very sessionable and kind of fun. And um, you should you should have one after you ride a bike or after when you're boating or things like that. So anyway, that's that's how we came to that style. Um, but they're very similar. Yeah, I think yeah. Dan uses German, uh, not German, um, ginger beer or some lemonade. other kind of soda. Le- lemonade, yeah. Rattlers use lemonade, lemon soda. Yeah. So other sodas. Jenny's tend to be a little higher in EBV, I think, too. And so we, we partnered throughout the summer, uh, Jimmy, with a uh, actually a, a uh, Brooklyn-based uh, lemonade company, uh, Renegade Lemonade. A little shout out to them. Uh, a sh- uh, you know, a, a, an award winner last year. Uh, but um, so we actually take some of our beers and, and mix them with uh, with lemonade. Uh, you know, we do it one weekend a summer. Uh, you know, each month throughout the summer, and uh, so you have know, super popular. Same thing. You know, light light drinking, refreshing. Um, a lot. We we get a lot of cyclists in at our place. Not you know <laughs> specifically for cyclists, but uh, yeah, it's uh, something you can uh, consume and, and still operate a uh, a bicycle. Uh, anyway, tipple not topple. <laughs> yes, oh, that's I like that one. Tipple but not topple. Tipple not topple. That sounds like another uh, label for you guys. <laughs> Pretty and sure it's in our can somewhere. And then yeah. Jeff, Jeff and Brett, you guys are whispering over here. So you're supposed to whisper into the microphone. Uh, no, we're, we're we're trying to up our level of education. We we yeah. don't know enough about Shandy or Rather. We're, we're, we're conspiring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So that's what we, you're supposed to say on the mic. Okay. We uh, I, I was fortunate enough to go through a BJCP class at from through the New York City Homebrewers Guild, uh, which you're kind enough to let us use your your back room every year. For. Um, so I do feel like I have a pretty good base for a lot of beer styles, but um, I think Shandies and Rattlers are certainly outside of at least what used to be the homebrewing sort of mm. guidebook. I think I think maybe they're starting to expand a little bit and, and get more into that. Know. Well, you know, for, for us, it was what um, one of our our you know goals and missions is we we collaborate as much as we can with. Uh, not just brewers, but uh, local businesses. Uh, so the, the the Renegade Lemonade collaboration uh, was was one of them. You know, we work with a local coffee company. Uh, we brewed a beer actually today with uh, uh, Bronx Beer Hall out uh, of the Bronx. So uh, we try to do as much as we can with everybody else. So it wasn't we were seeking to do uh, shandies, uh, but uh, actually uh, John, or the other brewer at uh, at, at Big Alice, uh, had met. Uh, Bailey from Renegade Lemonade at uh, the Astoria uh, uh, Flea before uh, it disbanded. But, 
you know, just loved her stuff. You know, similar to what we do, where she was infusing you know, different ingredients, flavors that are you know kind of non-standard, you know, almost you know agriculturally focused like we are. So it was uh, you know kind of a you know, natural synergy, and uh, the uh, the beer and lemonade went together really well too, which was a, a nice plus. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I've had like I remember being a really hot event, and there's like Abita has like a strawberry lemonade type type beer that I've liked. But when I always think about Mayor Bloomberg putting like a light beer on ice. In the summer, and I might do that with some ciders, but I don't feel like I can do that with beer. So, Kyle, what, what's this beer before we take a break? This is, All right, this is so nice. yeah. Um, uh, this is our our honey wit. Uh, so, like I said, we uh, we use a lot of agriculture. Uh, we are a New York State farm brewery, so we uh, every one of our beers is made at least in part with New York State grown malts and hops. Uh, to expand upon that, we actually sponsor our own beehive. So uh, this honey, or at least uh, much of the honey we get, it comes from rooftop hives in Queens. Uh, so this. Uh, in the spirit of summer beers, uh, it's a Belgian-style wit beer, so uh, toasted coriander, uh, fresh uh, orange peel, uh, and rooftop honey. So it's uh, you know checking in at just under 5%, I think 4.7 on this one, so light, refreshing, uh, easy drinking, wow. and uh, easily our most popular beer. That is summer. awesome. We've already tried a Kolsch, we've tried a Rattler, and we've tried a Honey Wit. We're off to a great start here. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Cheers. Good Heritage Foods USA is a farm-to-table online butcher and founding sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. Patrick Martins founded Heritage Foods USA in 2002 to save endangered species of livestock from extinction. He learned about the plight of endangered foods while working for Slow Food, a nonprofit started in 1986 in Italy when the first McDonald's opened on the Spanish steppes of Rome. To counter the homogenizing effects of fast food, Slow Food was formed to bring attention to regional cuisines and ingredients. By 2000, Patrick was the president of Slow Foods USA and working on adding heritage breeds to their arc of taste, but he decided to go further than a metaphorical arc and actually do something to preserve rare breeds. That was the moment that Heritage Foods' slogan, Eat Them to Save Them, was born. By creating a market for delicious meats from Heritage Breeds, we can ensure they'll be around for generations to come. Plus, Heritage Breeds just tastes a whole lot better. Learn more at HeritageFoodsUSA.com and use the code HERITAGERADIO for two free pork chops with your first order, brother. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio. We're getting a lesson in how to talk on the radio, but that was a cool ad. Heritage, you know, Foods USA with Heritage Breeds and... I like David. Who was that guy? That farmer guy that was talking. I liked his voice. Uh, that's Joe, who works at Heritage Foods USA. That's a good one. You know, yeah. we like those heritage breeds. You know, <laughs> yeah, Thanks bro- to Patrick and yeah, brother. Uh, Heritage Foods USA for founding Heritage Radio Network. And uh, you know, Kyle, we've been on together a, a lot on the show over the years, and, and I'm real proud of you guys. I mean, you know, talking about starting out, you guys, you started as a real small kind of like a hobby brewery, didn't you? Yeah. When when we started, it was. Uh, Interesting in that the goal was not really to be a brewery or commercial brewery. Uh, it was founded by a couple of home brewers who we were already brewing once you know, once a month and brewing all weekend. And we got it in our head that it would be a good idea to make uh, twice as much beer, sell half of it, and use the proceeds from that to pay for our hobby. Um, so we, uh, you know, went through and, and filed the license. Like, ah, you know, it, it wasn't going to cost us a whole lot of money. We bought a, a, a 10 gallon or, you know, it was a half barrel, uh, homebrew system. We thought, ah, if this fails, we got a really 
kick-ass homebrew system <laughs> you know, and, uh, for more or less the cost of a used car. So, um, yeah, it started out that way for us. Uh, got the license, realized quickly that we couldn't brew um, in a space that was shared by any other business. And now we had rent, utilities, other expenses, and uh, Big Alice Brewing Company was born. And I love the, the story of your name, too. Big yeah, Alice. so um, people often ask us, you know, who Alice is? You know, who's who's Big Alice? And the question they should be asking is, what is Big Alice? So uh, if you've ever been to Queens, there's, uh, you know, right on the East River, uh, big red and white smokestacks, uh, power plants, been in countless movies. But you can see it from anywhere in Queens. We knew a New York City reference was too big. Even a Queens Borough president, uh, reference was too big. So we went with a neighborhood reference. Uh, the locals know that uh, the power plant was built by Alice Chalmers was the biggest in the world at the time so they nicknamed it big alice and uh if you find it you can find us yeah so maria how did you guys get started so i know a little bit you were making teas and things but but tell us some of the early challenges and you know some of the first marketing that you did of course so we um i think are the first brewery to uh try to mix beer and tea together um and by that i mean we literally fresh brew the tea next to our beer and brew the beer and then mix them together at the end. So I would say that the biggest challenge in getting to market was definitely figuring out how and where to do that. Um, we fresh brew all of our, our cocktail mixers, but obviously they don't brew beer at the same, at the same places. So it was, it was definitely, that was kind of the biggest hurdle for us is, was really figuring out, um, how to do it and where to do it. And then kind of how to explain, what we're doing to consumers, really. And that's kind of how we end up telling the story of the Rattler. Um, so people actually had something to associate with what with the style that we were making. It makes you want to ride bikes and drinks. <laughs> exactly. Be, go, go, maybe go, go to the beach. <laughs> I think one of the other interesting challenges, like talking about growing out of a homebrew space, is that we had to make 100 barrels our first run. And so, like, before that, I was in our office in Chelsea with a corny keg, like brewing tea and carbonating and like trying to get all those ratios. Like investors walked in. Those are just for samples though. And I was we like, didn't sell hi, those. hi, like <laughs> just like for in office to like, for us to see what ratios were working and what was and wasn't working and getting samples from the brewery. Um, and like investors would walk in and I'd be like in overalls I'd be like, hi, I'm the director of finance. I'm really sticky. Um, and this corny keg exploded all over me, but we didn't have that. There was no, like, three-barrel learning curve. It was, like, 100 barrels. So it has to be right, and it has to be right now. So what what was your solution? What What is your current setup? How did you figure out how to do both in the same space? Um, so we met with a lot of brewers and a lot of breweries um, and found a brewer um, and a brewery that were open to doing it. And the heat, the way... Their brewery is really uniquely set up, and they actually are doing brewing the tea in the lauder tank. And so the temperatures are about the same, and setup-wise, it works. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really, like, a real trial and error. And also finding someone who was, like, sh- shockingly, so many brewers were just like, no. I know. Yeah, it was and, also right. But, but someone who's open-minded enough to be like, okay, we'll give what you guys are talking about a try. We know how to brew beer, but... We'll try tea. <laughs> yeah, and I think when we started talking to him about the botanicals and, like, how we come up with tea blends, and he sort of realized that we knew what we wanted and we knew what taste we wanted and we knew what we were talking about, he was like, all right, we'll figure out a way to do it. I mean, Jeff, isn't making, you know, beer kind of like brewing tea in the early stages? Yeah, I think there are certain elements that are that are certainly uh, overlapping, uh, and there's a mindset that's probably similar. 
Uh, and I, I kind of sympathize with some of the struggles you might have gone through because I think that there are probably uh, a really high proportion of people who make beer, uh, brewers, who are so hardcore into beer that it's uh, it's sort of blinders on that. And it's anything outside of that might not be interesting uh, or, or as intriguing to them as just making another beer. You know, I, I know for us, uh, I'm a big beer guy. I don't know anything about, you know, spirits or, you know, cider or whatever. We lost a customer because of my ignorance over cider. But um, <laughs> that's that's a whole other show, Jimmy. But um, That's the next question. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, uh, for me, I guess what broke through that barrier for me is, you know, so we, like I said, we've done a number of beers uh, with tea. What broke through it for me is, we actually make the tea not with water, but with beer. Um, so for me, I'm like, all right, I'm using my beer to Amy make tea, that. and I'm like, ah, so this is awesome. So like, it's so it, more or less was an ingredient in beer, but uh, it was you know you know tea leaves or or something else. Uh, you know, we we you know focus a lot on, on, on local, organic, uh, fresh, all those things, and tea is all of those things often. So, it's so great. are you guys actually like a brewery or a contract brewery? What's your permit to sell? Yeah, we work with a contract brewery yeah. at the moment. Um, I was going to say to your point though, um, it's actually I mean it's kind of amazing when you start playing with tea and botanicals, the flavors that you can actually create. And, you know, we just we have a tea company as well. We do a lot of we do loose leaf tea for a lot of restaurants and coffee shops and hotels in the city um but you know you can drop hibiscus into something and it completely changes the flavor profile like that's my jam it's a bright pink color when we pour it it literally and it's all from the hibiscus so it's uh, it sounds like you've we, just begun yeah, to we, sort we of make, play around make with a, a goza with with hibiscus and yeah, you know, we play with it too it's like all right do we do we do it you know after fermentation do we do it you know in the boil you know so different or do we make a separate tea and then infuse the two so there's you know a lot of you know kind of experimentation and and that's uh, that's what I enjoy. You know, I, I quit my day job, you know, about two and a half years ago. Uh, I no longer say I'm going to work, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Um, but if I made the same beer every day, uh, and that's one of the things writers like to ask us is like, if you had to make one beer the rest of your life, what would it be? Like, I would quit. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like, like a job to me. But, yeah. uh, you know, doing you know, kind of what you guys are doing and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Jeff and Brad, you know, we all uh, kind of share the uh, – the experimental uh, passion so that's that's the fun of, of it all and yeah uh, no absolutely that's what we get excited about it's just like kind of the endless flavors and endless yeah. um, combinations and sort of the sky's the limit you know There's a lot of possibilities absolutely actually uh kind of what you guys were talking about how um Kyra, you said you use um steep beer tea and beer um and you're talking about the sort of process i actually did a homebrew uh, a, couple, a year or so ago where I took my my pretend mice's blonde, and then I I wanted to add Earl Grey to it, so I deconstructed Earl Grey, and um, and did taste tests to figure out how much bergamot oil to put in, um, and then and then we added uh, we added the black tea separately, so we could get the tannin character that we wanted, we could get the we get the Earl Grey character that we wanted, and uh, and I found that, that that works really well. I mean. If it's something like green tea, then, you know, you're sort of... Sometimes we can't get out of our own heads, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Maria, maybe impressive. you have some new collaborators here. Right? I know, that's pretty Someone amazing. Local Good. Nice job. Yeah, I think what's interesting to see is how, and here really, is how many brewers are open and interested in using tea. I think when we set out to do this, you know, we have such a great love of tea, and we understand that sometimes people might not, or they don't understand what we're doing, but just even having this conversation in this room right now, and everyone's talking about the use of as many interesting ingredients as possible is just so 
it's just refreshing. And like, it's refreshing in the fact that it's the beers that we're all making. They're awesome. And the fact that the ideas are just, you know, we're all kind of overflowing with them. And the fact that there's, it's just really, it's just really interesting to see how we all go together. Jeff. I think that I can uh, tell when he wants to talk. I, he's so polite. I, I, the light bulb came on. He's invited back. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. Uh, I I think that there's a, a a common held belief amongst brewers that we can derive many more flavors than somebody who makes wine. It may or may not be true, but we certainly have more ingredients and more ways to coax flavor out. And I think that sometimes some of us brewers are, are guilty of just stopping at that. But I think that some of us who are a little bit more adventurous and willing to, to step outside of that realize that, you know, working with, you know, other farm ingredients, working with tea, working with absolutely anything, you know, fruits and vegetables and spices, there, there's so many other ways that you can derive flavor other than just barley grain and and, yeah, and, and, and I think hops part of the flexibility yeast. we have, you know, we're on a five barrel brew house. I think you guys are three three barrel brew house you were looking at a hundred barrels getting somebody to commit to something creative at a hundred barrel is very costly for us you know we're throwing you know maybe a couple hundred bucks at it if it works out great if not you know we're, we're not we're not losing the farm you know to, to stay with the reference but uh, you know that's part of the the, the the i guess where you guys were running into uh, rigidity is you know we can we can take chances in, in a way that a hundred barrels you, you can't. It just it doesn't make financial sense, and yeah. and you know it's it's not a good idea to do it. At that. <laughs> I wouldn't do it at that size, but um, you know I get where that is. But I think that's part of why you're hearing with us. Like, yeah, I love the idea. Let's do it. I'm going to do it today. Let's go. So, Maria and Megan, when you guys is this your first run of of these summer cans? Like the Rattlers. Uh, no, we launched the Rattlers in last October. Um, and sort of continue to roll out. We're in about 13 states now. Um, we Our distribution basically goes from Maine down through North Carolina, um, very East Coast-based. So this is our this is our first summer though. So we're we're really excited to kind of this kick off fun. and get get some rattlers to the beach. I'm glad you came on. I'm still learning about beer cocktails. Like I said, <laughs> the one with a little amaro and orange and you know and and highball glass sounds good to me. Um, you know, so you have other flavors too. So t- yeah, tell me about the so next one we're trying. That's a watermelon. So that's a unfiltered wheat. And then the tea base for that is white tea and pomegranate. Um, and then there's watermelon and citrus there. Um, and I think the thing about like botanicals, like botanicals and beer isn't new. Like the first beers were like for health benefits. All that stuff was in there. That's not a new idea. It's just sort of something for hops or botanicals. Yeah. So, and I think like hibiscus and beer, like it's hot. You're drinking hibiscus is like a like hydrating good thing. I think there's like a return to that. Like, how do we get some good stuff, some good flavor, like in a very classic way that brew is always beer has always been brewed, but in like new, in new and interesting ways. Amy, uh, Amy or Maria, tell me the, the delicious flavors you guys are using right now. In your Rattler beers. I just want, you, I want to hear you guys read them off to me. You want to tell all of them? Sure. Yeah, all the delicious flavors. <laughs> no problem. So Get me ready for summer. Get, are you guys ready? All right. So we started with the Blondie. That is a wheat beer with an English breakfast tea base, lemon peel, lemon lime. 
The Wicked Watermelon you guys are drinking right now is, again, a wheat beer base with white tea watermelon. Excellent, by the way. Thank you so much. We call it the rosé of beer. It's a, it kind of looks like the rosé of beer also. It's got that really pretty, like, light pink. I got to confess, my, my grandparents entered me in a watermelon eating contest when I was a kid. <laughs> and I hated watermelon. Nice I sat there for however long it was, 15 minutes, eating nothing. <laughs> And now I love watermelon. I bet you won, too. This is delicious. Who knows? Maybe. (laughs) I'm I'm sure. You know what I didn't get, Jimmy? It's a participation trophy. But that's another topic. (laughs) You didn't get a participation ribbon? I'm so sorry. You've got to do things with me next time. Well, we've even converted you, so it must be good. (laughs) It's great. And and is is there one more coming? Sorry, yes. Um, And then the the third one is called That's My Jam. It is an amber ale base with uh, Darjeeling tea, hibiscus, and strawberry. Great. This is so cool. Yeah, We're going to yeah, talk yeah, more yeah. about teas and mixers and summer beers. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All Let's right. open that one up. Woo. Yeah, this one. Hey, like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher. Or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, we got some cool people here. Maria's talking. She's a good talker. We got the Owls Brew Rattler. You can hear everything. Kyle's a little fade out before. How are you, Kyle? But um, Jeff and Brett from Keg and Lantern had a question just off air. Uh I, I don't have so much a question just as, as some admiration for the fact that they're using, you know, real ingredients and not using extracts or or artificial flavorings or anything like that. But with the, the Wicked Watermelon, uh, I mean, it, it tastes almost like a Jolly Rancher, almost like a really candied watermelon. You're getting so much real, true watermelon flavor. And that's really difficult because there's so much water in watermelon that you try to make a watermelon beer. And it's really hard to get the watermelon to express itself. So I'm just, I'm, I'm fairly impressed by this. Yeah. I'm actually drinking That's My Jam right now. And I, it's, um, it's pretty awesome. It, it, um, Sorry, I'm, I'm taking a sniff here. It, uh, it, it, it actually, sm- it really smells like, like whole wheat toast with, um, with like some raspberry jam or something yeah. on it. Like, I think there's something really great about the maltiness in yeah. the amber ale that like, and the tannin of yeah. the tea and that like preserve kind of thing. Right, right, and right. then it's like really works. And the hibiscus is It is like is smelling like, a loaf of bread. It is. Yeah. It yeah. smells like, it's like, it's like when you first Honey open your toaster. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, for, for brewers and everyone in the room. Um, you know, again, looking up summer cocktails today for the first time in my life, I noticed that many summer cocktails are made with wheat beer, but your Rattlers are using wheat beer as the base. Yeah, so we have two wheat beer bases, um, the Wicked Watermelon and the Blondie, and then the Jam is actually an Amber Ale base. And then um, for fall winter, we do a stout, like a chocolate stout with chai and coconut. And Kyle, or guys, why, why do you think that wheat is such a successful, you know, Blending beer, beer for you know, beer cocktails or these type of drinks. Yeah, wheat beers are typically unfiltered. You know, so you get a a lot of character from them that otherwise would be stripped away by a filter. So I I think they lend themselves you know really well to this this type of endeavor where you can uh, you know know, blend them and mix them and 
and, but they're and they're not heavy. So it, it's even though they're unfiltered, you know, they're they're super light, easy drinking, and and a lot of flavor. God, do you have any summer beers coming up that we haven't tried? Um, so the Honey Wit. We talked about the Honey Wit. I made mention of our, our lemongrass Kolsch earlier. Uh, we do that a, sounds really good. Uh, hibiscus Goza is is a great uh, you know summer beer. So you know Gozas. If you're not familiar with the Goza style, get familiar. It's a great style. You know, I could talk about our beer, but to the style in general is awesome. So sea salt, coriander. You know, so it's it's slightly sour. But, you know, the coriander and the salt it actually makes it just kind of finish nice and dry and refreshing. And they're often very light, flavorful. Uh, like I said, our, ours is made with hibiscus. But, uh, you know, so we, we do a lot of those. Uh, we, we do a dry hop sour series, which is also, like, very crisp and clean and super refreshing. You know, about 3%. So we, we try to highlight the the flavors of individual hops. We've used uh, Motueka. I know that you said they use that, uh, Jeff, in the... Uh, in your hoppy Kolsch, and you know we got uh, Equinox right now, so we, you know we've got some really fun, really cool hops out there. That uh, it's a way to kind of educate yourself of, of you know hop flavors and profiles too. Yeah, and then that, since we're talking summer beer cocktails, let's just talk beer co- summer cocktails. <laughs> you know, Owls Brew Crew. You know, give me like one or two kick butt summer cocktails that I can make with either your Rattlers or your regular Owls Brew. Amy, I know you had one. Yeah. So I just made um, a cocktail this weekend for some friends. I call it the Millennial Pink Whiskey Sour. It uses our pink and black uh, Owl's Brew cocktail mix, uh, which is the Darjeeling with strawberry and hibiscus. And Kings County recently released a strawberry and ginger moonshine. So it has this really light pink color to it. It's really pretty. Uh, With lemon and um, egg white and a little bit of simple syrup. Shake it up. It's awesome. Perfect for summer. Looks pretty, tastes pretty, and packs a punch. You know, I know you guys have really tapped into the cocktail scene. I think I first tried your product last year. It was at the Bartenders Guild Week. There was something oh, like that yeah, in New York City. Oh, yeah, unofficial Bartenders Week in yeah. February. Um, we did a few cocktails with Cass Krupnikas and also Queen's The Courage honey, the New York gin. honey whiskey. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah. really awesome. Um, they were really versatile, you know, just follow similar... Queen's Courage is awesome, by it's the way. It's really good. It's really really delicious we've made a couple of cocktails with them they're uh so they're neighbors of ours in long island city uh, yeah they're they're astoria based mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah it, <laughs> their their tasting room is, is in long queens? island city Wait, yes uh, both yeah. of which jimmy are, are in queens uh keep up with your geography lessons what happens today. on july 11th does anyone know oh 7-eleven free slurpee day uh close <laughs> july 11th i like amy's idea yeah does anyone know you know talking about green point to queens it's a big day we should all be drinking there. We, should, we should talk about it's this, the the kosciusko bridge is going to have the oh, implosion oh really so I, I put all of our friends out yeah. there beer people cocktail people everyone should be making up a yeah, some kind of implosion yeah. the great implosion cocktail the great yeah implosion. yeah i mean that's On pretty it. cool but that's that's the bridge between green point and that's yeah. why I get confused. Another eight or ten years out is the Brooklyn Queens Connector. You can hold out for that one, too. Oh. And I wanted, I wanted to make this about Queens Beer Week, but we, we, we went beyond. We're talking about summer cocktails. But again, you know, Jeff and Brett, you, know, you, might, be, you might be inspired after the show to, to, you know, to make some new beers. We tried your Kolsch and the Pills. What are some other s- summery beers that you guys have coming out? Uh, we, we have a sort of more true-to-form Kolsch uh, that we've been keeping up regularly. Uh, man. I think Brett and I kind of, in our head, partially think it's summer all year round. We we like Saison and farmhouse-style beers so much, and sour beers. And I think those are so perfect for the summer, but, uh, you know, I think that's sort of our wheelhouse and what we want to do year-round. So, you know, Saisons, Grisettes, uh, the beer to guard that, that we poured uh, just a few minutes ago, 
uh, you know, sour beers. We we actually have a kettle sour uh, in the tanks right now that's uh, dry hopped with Motueka, so sort of following on with with the theme. And, and are you getting inspiration from anyone, Jeff, or are you just like kind of like playing with ingredients that you have? Well, uh, both, always both, always, always both. Um, but even even here, uh, you know, Brett and I had been talking about making. We we do a lot of pilsners, uh, and very rarely make the same one and try to try to do lots of different things but uh we've talked a lot about making a pilsner uh putting some really sort of aromatic uh basmati rice in there and also you know some black tea so i think that uh jasmine yeah Yeah. so i i think that there's uh there's probably a collaboration that that might have happened because of this show so so we've actually gone down the road of having a conversation about a uh uh, a collaboration between uh, between us and, and them, and uh, maybe we got a third uh, player in the game here, and maybe the three of us all get together and make a beer this summer. I think that might be uh, kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm down for some tea beers. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. And then on another note, just going back to like the the pedigree, I really wanted to get Jeff on the show first of all because you know what's happening in New York is so many breweries are kind of spawning other breweries, and and you you, you know a lot of them. Everyone that worked at with Kelly Taylor, you know, at, at Greenpoint. Beer Works has gone on to do great things, but you know, Jeff, you guys at, at Greenpoint Beer and Ale it used to be called Dirk the Norseman, but you had Chris Prout, you had Eric, Eric Olson, Eric Olson, who's still at Greenpoint, and you, Jeff Lyons, and uh, wait, where's Chris? He's at Gun Hill, correct? And and uh, Eric's yeah. at Greenpoint, so, so, so and Chris, you're Lantern. Yep, exactly. Uh, and there's a couple guys there now. Uh, they brought as I was leaving, uh, they brought in uh, Trevor from Greenport Harbor. Uh, and then we we brought another guy on, Dan, and I, I don't have any uh, any doubt that those guys will grow in that position and, and move on to other things as well. It's it's a testament, Jimmy, to the, to the New York City beer scene that uh, we all you know, kind of you know, not only collaborate together, but uh, we we all uh, you know send send talent from from place to place. We've had a number of people from from Arbor go other places, and you mentioned uh, you know, Kelly and 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 you had Robbie Crofton started with you guys, then he went to. Kelly. Uh, then he went to Rockaway, and now he's up Somewhere at um, uh, shoot uh, Industrial Arts. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's up there. Uh, we, but that's a show, Justin. That's a show for the summer. We're going to do like these craft brewery family trees. Yeah, know, there's, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Actually, well, there's another show. Okay, so now put your brains. This is a great. You know, the women from Owls Brew. You know. Megan Dubmore, Amy, and Maria. You know, you guys have so much potential to interact with all these brewers. You know, would you go to a, a local brewery and, and make like a one-off batch with some of your teas? Of course. We're, awesome. We love collaborating. And, you know, a lot of the things that we do at our tea company are actually create, we've created botanical blends for gin, bouquets for gin. We would do anything with any of the brewers if you guys ever want to make anything yeah. custom. We, like, love playing around in that way. So, Absolutely. Yeah, totally. We are really open, and it's something we really want to do, and we've talked to a lot of brewers about it, um, and we, it's really exciting. Um, especially, Amy and I were just talking, we do, um, Jenny came up with these Amaro tea blends, like our the Campari tea. Is, like that. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it is her, Jenny's ability, she's not here, but her ability to like flavor Create match. She, flavor, yeah. she basically, fit, like we sat down with people from, 
Fernet. from Fernet, and they were like, "How did you do this?" And like, they're all, they're not Alex. She, she like literally recreated tea the, blends, like the peppermint and using and burdock different. And yeah, she's done just, like a whole line of um, non-alk sodas, like rec- or obviously, but recreating like root beer with the botanicals, and it's really amazing. So we love playing. Yeah, we love way. doing that. The, I, I kind of. Uh, just started thinking about a whole, a whole. I mean, over the past week or two, not just now. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, of, yeah. of a whole, of a whole He's series a of saisons that are sort of botanical uh, heavy, sort of brewing, uh, sort of what is maybe becoming our, our standard saison, and then changing each one uh, this way or that. So I, I think we have a lot of talking. Yeah, to do. I think there's this way in when you start like there are ways to get florals from real flowers that aren't just florally hops. You know, like talking about jasmine and rose um, and like bergamot flowers. We've actually used like not the oil, like the like flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really cool. There's like endless. Have you guys done any foraging? I in my personal life have done a lo- like a fair amount of foraging. Nope. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was an organic. I lived on an organic farm for a while, but. But I, I would bet a few people in our office have. Yeah. It's something that actually we started exploring uh, this this year. Actually, at the craft brewers conference, there was a whole session about it, and we're kind of geeked up. I, you know, John more so than me, but the, the two of us like we love the idea of just going out, like let's just gather dandelions. Let's yeah. let's make something that you can just go out and forage and gather and awesome. make something I you know would, awesome would, out of it. I would drink some kind of weird fiddlehead saison or something like yeah. some kind of like pickly. Ramp. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what I love? I We're, see you two nodding over there. You're on board. <laughs> but, you know, you're getting back to history. We, we had a few years ago, the two brothers up in Maine wrote the, the it's like the Homebrewer's Garden book. Oh, yeah. we, we, I got to pull that one up. But, you know, ginger and dandelion were traditional bittering Yeah, like spring tonic. You know? Like that's what, when your allergies, like local honey and dandelion yeah. and, it's amazing what grows in Prospect Park. I, I, I mean, you could make. I, I was actually going to see if I could, I could like, get enough raspberries to do like a homebrew batch of like a like a frambois or something like that. There's so many berries there. It's pretty. Amazing. You just have to if you just start paying attention to what's growing. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And that and that's sort of wraps everything back around to where we started about being small and the the beauty of experimentation and doing small batches allows you to do things like we were just talking about foraging and all this experimentation uh whereas you know making an enormous amount at one time even if you know what you're doing it, it might be really difficult to start sourcing the materials for that this has been a really awesome show kyle great having you on man jimmy thank you i always enjoy being on the show and then Owls brew crew you got any final statement or no, thank you so much. I feel like there's a lot for us all to talk about now. Yeah. After you guys are great when we go off yeah. air. So genuine um, and it was uh, awesome to take I'm you off. Really proud of the new products you're making, and we're going to keep up with thank you guys. Thank you so much. And, Here's and Jeff and Brett, uh, next beer coming out that we should buy from uh, Keg and Lantern. Uh. We, we have a dry hop kettle sour. We have a new pilsner coming this week. It's it sort of you know never ending. Five five new beers a week usually. So oh. that's great, Jimmy. Gotta, one quick thing. One thing. Big Alice, four-year anniversary party, Sunday, June 11th. Everyone come by. And then July 11th, the Kosciusko Bridge implosion. (laughs) I got to shout out to New York State. Taste New York's been such a big sponsor of 
our show last year they they sponsored us to go to the on the road episodes upstate uh tomorrow if you're listening live may 17th 5 p.m the governor's uh governor cuomo's new york beer challenge uh that will be downtown pier a in battery park and then the public event is is uh, may 24th uh it's called taste new york experience there's some great uh new york wine beer cider and spirits from all over new york all the regions from western new york Hudson Valley down in New York City, and uh, highly recommend that. Again, check it out, Taste New York Experience, and thank you to Taste New York for all their support of our show. And also, we have a special event coming up next week, the Great Brooklyn Grill Out. Grill out. Click on NYC.com, and I'm pretty sure you can come and taste the Owl's, Owl Brew uh, Rattler there, right, Megan? Yeah, Amy? I, just, I, I forwarded that along to our... Uh, <laughs> Our brand rep. It's going to be great. Well, George Motz is flipping 500 uh, smash burgers. So thanks, everybody. One more time. Say your name and go around the room. Kyle Hurst, Big Alice Brewing Company. I'm Megan Moore from the Owls Brew. Amy Yakaba from Owls Brew. Maria Littlefield, Owls Brew. Jeff Lyons, Kagan Lantern. Brett Taylor, Kagan Lantern, also. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, intern Hillary Fasson, and our engineer extraordinaire, David Tattashore. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Cheers. All right. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.